Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. As I said, we're starting a new series today, and this series is called Rouse the Warriors. Rouse the Warriors. Joel 3 verse 9 is our key verse, and it says this. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Rouse the warriors. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. Now we're going to come back to that in just a second. But just out of interest, who set a New Year's resolution? If if you've set a New Year's resolution, trick your hands up. There's like three people here who set New Year's resolutions. I don't think that is the case. But this is the time of year where we love to set New Year's resolutions. The, the start of the year gives us an opportunity to look back at what we want to change, where we want to get better, where we want to grow and develop. And Helen and I, we use this time to sit down and put our, our goals down for the year, goals for, for this church, goals for our family, goals for a business and different things like that. We use this time to set goals. And I know that goals and resolutions are different. Now, I don't know about you, but I think a lot of people struggle with resolutions. You see, goals are about what you want to achieve, and a resolution is about what you want to change. Now, like I said, I know some people struggle with resolutions, but I'll be honest with you this morning, I am the king of New Year's resolutions. Now, if I set a resolution, I am going to see it through. I'm going to do it. I mean... Just last year, I decided that I was going to run 25 miles a week. Why are people laughing? (laughs) I decided I was going to run 25 miles a week. I was going to get into shape. I even told some friends and family that I was going to run an ultra marathon. Now, for someone who's never even run a half marathon, that is a big statement to say you're going to run an ultra marathon. I I want to tell you, I ran. I paced those streets, come rain or shine, day or night. I was out there running the trails around where I live. For two whole weeks, I was like Mo Farah, let me tell you. For two whole weeks, I was unstoppable until that day when eventually I stopped. Now, I obviously joke, but our capacity to struggle with change, to struggle with New Year's resolutions is evidenced by the fact that tomorrow gyms all around our country will be full, but then on the 1st of February, the gym staff are like, have I been left behind? Has the, has the rapture already happened? Because people have put down that New Year's resolution. See, I think the way we act with regard to our resolutions, gives us an interesting insight into the human psyche because we know we need to change. We know we need to grow. We know we want to get better and we want to grow, but we don't quite have the strength to see it through. And we end up pushing back the change that we need to make until tomorrow. And that is where it stays, tomorrow. See, I can speak with authority on this because I'm just as good as you at it. I'll start that fitness regime tomorrow. I'll eat better tomorrow. I'll read more, learn more, spend more time with my family tomorrow. Come on, we we do it, don't we? We put off the pain that leads to growth and substitute it with the comfort of the immediate. The immediate joy when sinking our teeth into that Big Mac or 
big binge watching that box set or whatever it is for you because it feels good now. But what we're doing is we're sacrificing the greatness that God has placed within us on the altar of comfort. Why do we set resolutions? Well, I believe it's because we want our lives to matter. We want to make a difference. See, God placed that within you, that desire to contribute, that desire to help, that desire to make a difference in our world. See, that voice you hear that says inside of you, that says there's more than this, that's God calling you to be better, calling you to step up, calling you to be the person that he created you to be. I want you to know today that you were created on purpose for a purpose. You were born to make a difference. See, it doesn't matter if that wasn't what your parents intended because it was what God intended. You are not a mistake. You aren't on this earth by chance. You have been placed here by God and you have a unique calling that will impact this world in a way that only you can. See, that's why the church is so powerful and beautiful. When different people from different backgrounds and different circumstances and different demographics come together to say, hey, we're going to put our differences aside and we're going to praise God. We're going to bring all our different gifts. We're going to bring all our different talents and we're going to bring it to the church. That's when church is so powerful because that's how God transforms the world. Through people like you and me coming, laying down our gifts and saying, God, we give them to you. God, we submit our gifts to you. Let's look at this key verse again. Proclaim this. Among the nations, prepare for war. Rouse the warriors. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. And what we're seeking to do in this series is to rouse the warriors. We're seeking to call the church to action. We want to equip you to go into the world with the love and power of God and to make a difference. And I want to tell you today, this language of being in a battle, I believe we are in a battle. And we're going to speak about that more on First Tuesday, so please be there. See, throughout history, it's been the church and Christians that have driven change in society. William Wilberforce felt the call of God to fight slavery. And because he chose to stand up against great opposition, slavery was abolished. Michael Faraday was a Christian and a scientist who used the mind God had given him to change the world through his discoveries in electricity. We're standing here today with laptops and lights because of him. Francis Willard fought for women's rights and for social reform. John Wesley fought for, uh, fought for prison reform, the abolition of slavery, and spread the gospel throughout the country. William Booth preached in this very building founded the Salvation Army, which lives on today, helping millions of people around the world. See, these are just a few names of Christians that have shaped the world in which we live, who wanted to use what God had given them to change their world. I want you to know today that wherever you are placed, we are called to make a difference. Will we use what God has given us to help our world, or will we keep it to ourselves? Will you use your talents, your resources, your time and energy for you? Or will you use what you've been given for others? Will you build a kingdom, your own kingdom, that will fade? Or will you build the kingdom of God, which lasts forever? See, people think that this 
doesn't mean you can strive for that dream, push for that dream, or go for that goal, or build that business, or whatever it may be. And this is completely false, because we're called to use the gifts God has given us to bring God's love into our world. See, we need business leaders who will develop, mentor, and care for employees, who will operate ethically, create wealth, and distribute it to those who need it. We need teachers who will be passionate about raising up the next generation and will teach people in the ways of the Lord. We need politicians who will lay down their own agendas for a bigger picture. We need parents who will put their kids first, who will create strong adults that are responsible, who will pass on a legacy of faith. We need musicians and sports people who will show culture that there's a different way. We need employees that are going to honour their leaders that will fight for unity and not against it. What I'm trying to say is this. Wherever you find yourself, use your gift. Chase that dream that God has placed in your heart and use the influence he gives you to honour him. And that was my first point, that you were born to make a difference. See, the next thing is this, is that it's time to make a difference. Turn to your neighbour and say, it's time. It's time. It's time to make a difference. See, like we said earlier, our biggest problem, our biggest issue with growth is putting it off until tomorrow. And tomorrow becomes a symbol of what you would like to do rather than what you're going to do. But if you want to make a difference, we need to realise the time is now. So there was a woman in the Bible who had the same issue as you and me, a woman called Esther. Now she was a Jew and been picked, essentially, she essentially been picked from nowhere to be queen of the Persian Empire because she was so beautiful, just like my wife, who's not even in this room, so I'm not going to get any brownie points. Yeah. If that's you listening on podcast, Helen, I love you. <laughs> And in this empire, there were people who wanted to kill Esther's people. They wanted to eradicate the Jews. They wanted to get rid of them. And Esther's stuck because she's in the comfort and the beauty of this palace. She is in the luxury of of being the king of this huge empire, one of the biggest empires of the day, if not the biggest. But her people are suffering. She knows she needs to do something but she's not sure what to do. She knows she should speak out, but it seems like when you read it that she's putting it off. And then she speaks to her uncle, which we see here in Esther 4, 14. And this is her uncle speaking to Esther. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows? that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Mordecai, her uncle, is telling Esther, Esther, the time is now. He's saying, Esther, you have been placed in the position you are in on purpose for a purpose. I mean, don't we all need that sometimes? Someone to remind us to step up and stop putting it off. See, Esther eventually did speak out and her people were saved. But she could have used a million excuses like you and me do. She could have said, no, no, I I can't go to the king because I'm just a pretty face. What do I know about politics? I can't go and speak 
to the king. If I speak to the king, then he might put me out of the palace. He might kill me. He might destroy my family. But she didn't use excuses. Instead, she did what was right. She used the position and influence that God had given her, not for her own comfort, but for the salvation and safety of others. See, just like Esther could have, we reason away why we can't make a difference. I'll do it when I get that promotion. I'll help more when I have more money. I'll volunteer when I have more time. I'll make a difference when I have more influence. Aren't we so good at saying what we do in other people's situations? Like, I am the expert at everybody else's life. You know, if I, if I had the, the influence of David Beckham, I would. If I had the money of Alan Sugar, I would. Oh, if, if, if I was the boss of this company, does anyone know this syndrome, yeah? We've all been there. We're experts in everybody else's business, but when it comes to our lives, we draw a blank because we feel underprepared, under-resourced, or just plain scared. But that time when you feel completely ready to make a difference, where you feel completely prepared to take on that challenge, to go after that dream, I'm here to tell you today, it will never come. You will feel underprepared and under-resourced. And as you continue to step out and take on bigger challenges, that feeling will continue because you'll be out of your comfort zone. But isn't that where the beauty of our lives is? In the moments when we step out into our God-ordained destiny to make a difference in our world? See, we don't need faith to sit on the couch and watch TV. We need faith to go after that dream that God's put in our heart. We need faith to pray for that person in our workplace. We need faith to, to say that we're a Christian for the first time. We need faith to take steps. I don't need faith to just relax and stay in comfort. I'm here to tell you today, you were called to more than comfort. You were called to bigger. Your life isn't about Netflix or Facebook or Instagram or whatever it may be or whatever you've made it about. Your life is called to be more than that. Isn't that when we feel truly alive? In those moments where we aren't quite sure how it's going to go or what's going to happen? Someone once said that faith is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. If you think about it, why do we need faith if we're never going to do anything new? Why do we need faith if we're not going to step out? We don't. Because really, we're just saying we want to control everything. We need faith in those moments where we say, God, I'm coming after you. Paul's, Paul's uh, message this morning in, uh, in prayer was, was so on point with this. Because some people, it's time to pull up that anchor and go a bit deeper. For some people, you've been at this place too long. It's time to move forward. It's time to step in. It's time to make that change that you know you need to make. Are we going to do that? Step in to what God's called us to be. So you weren't placed on this earth to pass time. You were placed on this earth to make a difference. And now is the time to do that. Don't waste another day wishing you had more money or more influence or less fear. Wherever you find yourself, choose to live well. 
Choose to make an impact. Choose to use the influence you do have. As his uncle Mordecai says to her, and who knows, you've been called to your royal position for such a time as this. See, I believe that you've been placed where you are to make a difference in that workplace, in that friendship group, in that team, wherever it is, you have an opportunity. You can complain about the situation or the setting or where you think you should be, or you can choose to grow. You can choose choose to be the solution and not the problem. You can choose to build up. You can choose to love. See, I'm convinced in every single day of our lives, there are moments that are loaded with opportunities that God has provided for us. Moments where we can choose to step into that moment and help somebody, choose to step into that moment and speak to somebody and talk to somebody, or we can choose to walk away from them. But I think the beauty of our lives is in those moments where we say, God, I'm going to choose to help. God, I'm going to choose to lift up. God, I'm going to choose to bring your love to this situation. Now's the time to make a difference. Don't waste another year saying tomorrow. When you wake up in the morning, choose to make a difference in your world. See, this may all sound daunting to you and you say, Josh, this is, this is all good. I, I want to make a difference, but how? I've tried. I've failed and just slipped into old ways. I can't do this on my own. And until this point, This is sort of a motivational talk, but this is where it makes a difference. This is what makes a difference. Because I believe we can't do it on our own. I don't think you're intended to do it on your own. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, listen to this, according to his power, this at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, where we go wrong with wanting to make a difference is we try and do it in our strength. We try and do it in our power. The issue is, you and me both know that your power is limited and my power is limited. See, we reach for the immeasurably more that God's calling us to, but we try and do it in our limited strength. See, throughout the Bible, time and again, we're encouraged to believe for more, to have a vision, but we don't do this on our own. See, God didn't leave us the daunting task of changing this town or making a difference in this world on our own. He calls us to do it in his power that's at work within us. See, I think that if we try and do it on our own, we'll constantly be drawn to why we can't. But if we do it in his strength, we'll be reminded of why we can. It's time to stop looking at your lack and look to God's abundance. It's time to stop focusing on your weakness and focus on his strength. It's time to start th- stop thinking about why you can't and remind yourself that God can. How do we do this? Again, you say, Josh, that's great, but how? Simple. Someone once said, uh, a preacher I love, Carl Lentz, he said, the, um, the gospel isn't easy, but it is simple. Just take a second to get that into your head and understand it because I think it's so true. How do we do it? How do we rely on his power at work within us? We do it by coming to him, by spending time with him, by speaking to him, by reading the word of God. 
This is how we transform from doing it on our own to saying, God, I choose to do it with you. We bring our desires to him. We bring our fails, our hurts, the, the best of us and the worst of us, allowing him to take us and mold us. We do it by reading the Bible, by reminding ourselves of who he is and what he can do. Allowing him to speak to us through his word. Letting the word of God transform us. Today I'm aware that there's people who maybe have not been in church for a while. And if you've never read the Bible, now's a great time to start. Read the gospel. Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. See what Jesus was like for yourself. Read his words. Look at how he lived and read who he has called you to be. And now I want to say to you guys who've been in church for a while and your Bible's on your bookshelf gathering dust and I don't want to bring condemnation because there's no condemnation in Christ, but I do want to say this, stop handcuffing yourself. Stop, stop, um, stop keeping yourself back because the word of God is something that's going to release you into new things in your life. If you want to grow, if you want to develop, if you want to be strong, read your Bible. Get in your Bible, learn, speak to someone, come to me, Paul, Nathan, some of the leaders around this room and learn how you can read the word of God. Go on the Alpha course. The Alpha course is going to help you with that. Let's not be weedy Christians. You know, my mate Elijah's at the back there and a lot of people know Elijah because he goes to the gym and he's in great shape. And do you know what? I think about Elijah when I think of, um, think of these spiritual disciplines. Because you have to be disciplined to go to the gym and you have to be disciplined to read your Bible. And sometimes I think we're walking around like weedy Christians because we've not been going through the spiritual disciplines of prayer. We've not been reading our Bibles. And you know what we do? Every time I come to God in the morning, I think, you know what, God? I'm going to lift some weights again. I'm going to learn. I'm going to develop. I'm going to become big on the inside. You know, if we want to transform our world, it's going to come from people who know Jesus. It's going to come from people who have spent time with him, who have learned, who walk with him. So I think one of the most beautiful aspects of the gospel is that God chooses imperfect people like you and me to work with him, to work alongside him, to bring about his will in our world. See, God actually ordained it that he'd work through you and me. How crazy is that? The God of heaven and earth chooses to outwork his will in this world through you and me. He doesn't say, say, no, I want to do it on my own. I'm going to sort it all out. He says, no, I want to work with you. We're co-workers with Christ. I want to tell you today that you can realize that dream with God. And the promise of God is that when it's with him, It'll be even bigger, even better than what you imagined in your wildest dreams. See, he's able to transform this town. See, he's able to give the homeless a home. He's able to set the addict free. He's able to heal you. He's able to save the lost. And he chooses to do it through us. Let's look at Ephesians 3.20 again. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. He wants to blow your mind. 
He wants to do the immeasurably more, and he wants to do it through you. God chooses to outwork his purpose on this earth through working with us. And he's looking for people who will stand up and say, God, I'm ready. God, I'm ready to make a difference. I'm ready to rely on your strength, not mine. I'm ready to step out and step in to all you have called me to. The band are just going to come up as I finish. See, God's looking for people who will choose to leave a legacy. A legacy of faith. A legacy of love. A legacy of salvation. A legacy of grace. Where are the people who are going to go into our world and get passionate about bringing change? Get passionate about making a difference and get passionate about taking the love of God. Come on, we can agree together this morning that now's the time. Today is the day. Let's not keep putting it off until tomorrow. Don't wait to be the you you want to be. Let's start this journey together. 2020 can be the year that you look back on and say, that was when I decided to stop making excuses. That was when I decided that I was going to live my life for something bigger. That was when I chose to work with God, when I chose to make a difference. See, you, might, you can call me naive, but I believe in the power of the church. I believe what um, Bill Hybel said, a pastor over in America, that the local church is the hope of the world. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that this is God's agent for change in the world. You and me working together, going into our world, not separate, but actually in unity of the Spirit, to say, hey, we're going to make a difference. And we come together on a Sunday. This is why this is so important, the gathering, to be refueled, to pat each other on the back and say, go again, to pat each other on the back and say, you can do it. You can make that change. I know it's hard, but keep going. Believe for more, believe for bigger. Come on, 2020 is our year. In, uh, in Acts, the first church, we see that there were 120 people in the, uh, in the upper room before the Holy Spirit broke out and 3,000 people got saved. And those 120 people in that room, they probably were similar to you and me. There's probably, I don't know, 120, maybe a bit more in here today. And they probably felt a little bit insignificant like we can. You know, there's 100,000 people in Mansfield. There's probably a million within, I don't know, 20 miles of where we are today. Think, how can we make a difference? And those 120 people, what they did is they chose to put God first. And as they put God first, God broke in and he changed the world. You and me have stood here today because of what God did through them. The gospel spread throughout the world like wildfire because of what he did in them. I've got faith to believe that God can do it again. I've got faith to believe that God can do it in Mansfield. I've got faith to believe that God can do it in your workplace or in your school or in your family. Right at the start of this year, I'm believing that God's going to do bigger, more, greater than we've ever seen before. And he's going to use you and me to do it.